Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with Otto. I cannot guarantee Otto will be here the entire fireside chat. However, uh, he's very feisty today. And as you see, his position is not the normal comatose one. So there's no predicting. In fact, Snoopy, his beloved brother, was in the bed until just a few minutes ago. Fireside chat number 201. I know that because I know the last one was 200. By the way, it's periodically, it's worth my mentioning to you that if you want to binge on fireside chats, you could, you could use your time in a worse way. Uh, it's, it's not a bad way to spend a lot of time. I, if I may put it this way, I pour my heart out and my, my mind out to you every fireside chat. It's a half hour of very intense, hopefully very interesting, and even sometimes funny moments. But it, it, is, it is important stuff that I address. So that was true in number one, and hopefully it will be true in number 201. By the way, another by the way. <laughs> you get a lot done in life by habit. So this is the 201st fireside chat. And the reason that I've been able to accomplish this much with the fireside chat is that I do it every week. It's a habit. It's an amazing thing what you can do with a habit. Instead of a massive amount at one time, a little regularly gets you very far in life. So I asked Megan, the owner of America's Famous Arm, what she thought would be a good topic to open up with, because everything here is spontaneous on the fireside chat. She said Afghanistan. The truth is I have a tremendous amount to say about Afghanistan. I won't say it all. About four months ago, I wrote my column. I write a column every Tuesday. You could see it at my website and at many other websites on the internet. And I wrote against leaving Afghanistan. And I fully know and acknowledge that I am not in the majority, even among conservatives let alone among people on the left. And I completely differ with all the conservatives that I respect who think that we should have pulled out of Afghanistan. I did not. There are two separate issues that need to be addressed, the way in which it was done and whether it should have been done at all. The way in which it was done, even many people on the left acknowledge was a fiasco. I won't even get into uh, that in any detail. Uh, America looks like a buffoon under this president, and I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about that. What I'm saying is not political. It's just true. It was said by other world leaders to have been defeated by a, a, an organized group of terrorists is a very bad thing for America and a very bad thing for the world. That's why we should never have left. The argument which even conservatives give, well, we were there 20 years, has always struck me as what is known as a non sequitur. Why is there a time limit on doing something that is worthwhile? Is there a one year time limit? Five years, 10 years, 11? 
12.6. When is it too much? The United States did not lose a single soldier in combat in Afghanistan in, in the last year, if I'm not mistaken. Only 25 to 3,500 American troops there, plus NATO troops. For all intents and purposes, they were keeping the Taliban from taking over one of the most evil groups on the planet of Earth. Just that small number of Americans and NATO troops were keeping the Taliban from taking over Afghanistan and crushing that country's people, crushing in particular its women. And by the way, a lot of boys, since a lot of the boys will be raped, keeping a boy is a big thing in Afghanistan. Read about it. So I, I opposed it completely and unreservedly. There was not a single good argument for leaving. The argument that we were there 20 years is, as I said, a non sequitur and pointless. We've been in Germany 50 years. We've been in South Korea 50 years. Why is that okay? Are South Koreans more important than, Korean, or than uh, Afghans? Are Germans and, and uh, Europeans more important than Afghans? How come people aren't asking us to leave there? The United States presence in South Korea means that half of the Korean peninsula is free while the other is in a torture chamber. North Korea is one large torture chamber. Thank God for American troops. It is no good for the world. It is no good for Afghanistan. It is no good for America that we left. So that, that's it. I don't know of a good argument for leaving. They're all emotional. We're there too long. Too long is an emotional argument. That is not a rational argument. And I'm, uh, I expect irrational arguments from the left. Their whole outlook on life is irrational. Men give birth. Men give birth is not that much weirder than we're there too long. We're there too long means nothing. Men give birth is worse than nothing. It's, it's just the opposite of truth. But we're there too long means nothing especially given how little the sacrifice is in, for all intents and purposes in terms of soldiers being killed in combat. It's not like it's a slaughterhouse of Americans. It's a slaughter, it will be a slaughterhouse of Afghans upon leaving. And then the Secretary of State of the United States has the audacity to say, as you see the exact same picture of Kabul 2021, as Saigon 1975, he goes, oh, this is not Saigon 1975. It's an indistinguishably different photo. You can't tell which is Saigon 75 and which is uh, Kabul 2021 with the helicopters taking people off the roof of the American embassy. It's the exact same thing. And it was, it was a disgrace in 1975, the abandonment of people we had made commitment to, and it was a disgrace in 2021. I know a lot of you don't agree with me. I can live with it. But you have to give me a rational and moral argument. You can't just say, oh, 20 years is too long. That's not an argument. That's an emotion. I love emotions. It's what makes me human and makes you human. But I don't like making decisions on, on emotion. It was a totally foreseeable tragedy. Just read my article from a few months ago. Everything that happened, I said would happen. I'm not, a, I'm not a prophet. Anybody would know it. The moment America leaves, the Taliban takes over. That it happened so fast, 
not shocking. Uh, or, the, or the notion that, oh, we've given the, uh, the, uh, the Afghan army all of this aid. They just don't fight. God, for an American president to call the, the Afghans cowards? <sighs> I'll tell you, folks, that's, that's pretty disgusting. You know how many Afghan soldiers have been killed by the Taliban? And you're telling me they don't fight? Some don't. That's true for every army on earth. But to generalize about the Afghans in the army, to know the amount of rape, sexual slavery, uh, early arranged marriage, no schooling for women, and the feminist groups are essentially dead silent. Because after all, the persecutors are Muslims, not white Americans. They're much more exercised over the swimsuit competition in the Miss America contest. That bothers American feminists, not the rape of Afghan women. Feminist movement is a farce like all the other left-wing movements. They're frauds. They're just frauds. And this is just another example. What happens to women in other countries means nothing to the, to the American feminist. But swimsuit competitions, that bugs them. Where were, where were the uh, feminist? Uh, where were the feminist organizations with uh, with the girls that have been cheated out of their track competition wins by uh, biological males running in female sports? Dead silent crickets from American feminists. Every left-wing movement uses those in whose name it speaks. They use them. They don't help them. The left has never helped blacks. The left doesn't help women. The left doesn't help any group in whose name it speaks. Because they have other agendas. Think the left helps students? Think teachers' unions are good for students? This past year... In case you had any doubt, this past year should have proved how little teachers' unions care about students. Okay, that's the tragedy of Afghanistan in a nutshell and of the world. But we fight on. Time for the video question. G'day, Dennis. My name is Jaden. I'm originally from Brisbane, Australia, and I now live in Los Angeles, California. A lot of people have been coming up to me recently telling me how surprised they are about what's happening in my homeland, but I for one am not really surprised. They took out guns in the mid-90s, we don't have our freedom of speech, we don't have a bill of rights, and for years the government has been trying to implement a government-wide internet filter, just like they have in China. So this is just some of my perspective as an Australian, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts about what's happening down there. Jaden, thank you. You're one of the few people to come to L.A. and get more freedom. <laughs> it's pretty rare. <laughs> most people moving to L.A., to the, not that anybody is, but most people who are experience less freedom. But coming from Australia, you're actually experiencing more. Okay. So uh, I've been to Australia many times. I've lectured there, I don't know, about four times. And I've been there more than that. So I, I'm somewhat familiar with your country. In fact, I, I've been to a place where most Australians never got to, and that is Darwin. 
which is in the middle of Australia uh, at the very tip top north near the equator. One of the hottest places on the face of the earth. So hot that people commit suicide from the heat. It's, a, it's actually a known, a known uh, tragedy in, uh, in Darwin. In any event, uh, your country is not a free country. If Freedom House is actually honest with the NGO that assesses the freedom level of countries, they would not rate Australia as free. Maybe par- partially free, partly free. That's their. They have part. They have free, partly free, partly unfree, and unfree. Australia would be between partly free and partly unfree. America is moving in that direction. Canada is already there. New Zealand is already there. The English-speaking countries have uh, abandoned freedom more rapidly than other Western countries. I don't know why. I'm just telling you what, what has happened. I remember being in Australia a number of years ago and at a dinner with, with some Australians. They told me that in Sydney, I think it was in Sydney, and if I'm not mistaken, and I, I probably don't have it exactly right, but I have it basically right, the amount of trash that you put out to be collected is weighed. And you are only allowed to use a certain amount of weight of trash. Beyond that, you're fined. I, I, I'm pretty sure I got it right. It was either the weight or the number of garbage cans. <laughs> I think it was the weight. And I looked at them and said, this does not trouble you? And it didn't trouble them. And that, that is what I realize has happened very rarely is freedom extinguished overnight. And that's, that's the way it is among people. Okay, so this freedom is gone. I'll give you an example. It didn't bother, 95% of Americans didn't care about the bans on secondhand smoke. That, because they didn't smoke. So, the hell with smokers. But I thought it was a, a very big deal I live near the city of Burbank, California. There are cigar stores in, in Burbank. You're not allowed to smoke in a cigar store in Burbank, California. This has been the, the law for at least 10 years, maybe 20 years. And it doesn't bother anybody in Burbank because 95% of the people don't, don't smoke cigars or 99% of the people. People don't care about others' liberty. And by the time their liberty is attacked, it's too late. Why is it okay for the city of Burbank to say you can't smoke in a cigar store? If somebody wants to work in a cigar store and drop dead from secondhand smoke, I'm being sarcastic, people don't drop dead from secondhand smoke, then it not that their prerogative? Are you allowed to ride a motorcycle? That's a hell of a lot more dangerous than secondhand smoke. But I guess the, uh, the, the motorcycle riding lobby is stronger than the cigar smoking lobby. People don't care when other people's liberties are taken away. In, in fact, they often celebrate it. Secondhand smoke, pew. Nobody's asking you to, to smell it. it it's, and by the way, I can't stand secondhand cigarette smoke. Secondhand cigar smoke I actually like. But that's a separate issue. And my wife feels the same, just... And she doesn't smoke either, either of them, cigars or cigarettes. 
people just get used to it. Yeah. And now the latest. Oh, yeah. If you're not uh, vaccinated, uh, you will uh, in Canada right now. You can't fly in Canada. You can't enter a Canadian commercial air, air, airline if you haven't been vaccinated. Vaccines whose uh, worth is increasingly suspect, by the way. Israel's the most vaccinated country in the world, I believe. And it, ha- and it has uh, spikes in hospitalization almost equivalent to a year ago when it was at its worst before, the, before any vaccination. But who wants to bother with facts anyway? 99% of what people think about masks and vaccinations is about emotion, not about science. Like men give birth. That's not science, that's emotion. But people say it with the conviction of it being science. You, uh, you, you come from an unfree country, Australia. So many Australians died in World War I and World War II and in Vietnam for freedom. It, it is an amazing thing to watch Australia go from fighting for freedom to fighting against freedom. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, which is as bad, complete lockdowns. Australia Australia is so bad in New South Wales that you can't talk to someone outdoors. You, you literally are not allowed to talk to someone. You are fined for talking to somebody outdoors. That's not science. That's totalitarianism. New Zealand, I play this on my radio show regularly, the New Zealand Prime Minister saying, If it's not from the government, it isn't true. How's that? If it's not from the government, it isn't true. Everything you hear from the government is true. Anything else is not. This is from the prime minister. Are you getting getting restless? Every time I mention the prime minister of New Zealand, he gets up. I don't get it. Hey, Otto, fella, you don't want to, like, lie down and everything? Is you not relaxed today? Am I, am I not uh, boring you as I usually do? Okay, I don't know what to do, folks, but if he wants to get up. If you've known bulldogs, you really don't tell bulldogs what to do. <laughs> That's why they're called bulldogs in some ways. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe the fire isn't high enough and, and, and relaxing him. Okay, anyway, look, there he goes. Bye-bye. Well, at least he got to see him for about half the fireside chat. Maybe his brother will enter the bed and he get to see Snoopy as well. So Australia is, uh, is gone. New Zealand is gone. Canada is gone. The, the ability to suppress human freedom in the name of safety is remarkable. Every, every tyranny has an excuse, right? There is no tyranny without an excuse. Nobody, no regime ever said, we're going to suppress your liberty for no reason, just because we want power. They always give a reason. They make up a threat or there is a real threat or whatever. So this one is safety. One, I know at least one of my fireside chats is about safetyism. It's worth watching because it's the most dangerous religion of our time.
Many false gods, my friends, as I point out in my Bible commentary, there are more false gods today than in the ancient Near East when the Ten Commandments were given. They had a few gods. We've got plenty. Safety, education, you name it. Things we worship without asking about their moral worth. Okay, sorry about Australia, to say the least. Time for more questions, correct? Here we go. Press home to open. I did. Stephanie, 30 years old in Harriman, Utah. Hello, Mr. Prager, fellow crew, and Mr. Otto. I'm a critical care nurse. This is a long one, but it's interesting. I'm a critical care nurse who has been working the COVID-19 pandemic since March 2020. I used to love my job working in critical care. It used to give me tremendous joy and fulfillment. In light of the pandemic, I am now stuck questioning nearly every decision I have made in my life, specifically my career and decision to move across the country for my family in New York. The worst part about my situation is that I am a conservative in, in an overly liberal field. I wish your field was liberal. It's leftist. Liberals are livable with. Which never used to be an issue until this past election. I have to deal with on a near daily basis. My co-workers disdain toward conservatives and individuals who don't want to get vaccinated. I cannot stand how conservatives get lumped together as one collective group. I happen to not be for vaccine mandates and respect medical autonomy. And I have always been non-biased at work as it is in my duty and best interest to provide compassionate care to everyone, no matter their way of thinking. My question for you is how do I continue to deal with this constant negativity toward individuals like me who are often too tired or scared to speak up for themselves. It has been nearly impossible for me to make new friends in my new home because all I do is work and associate with those who I work with. Any advice would help. Your talks have really comforted me over the past year and a half. Thank you. Well, it's the, the worst part of your situation is that you don't get to meet people outside of your workplace. Because if you're in Utah, you will meet a lot of kindred spirits. Utah is a lot of people who believe in truth and who believe in America and who believe in freedom. It's a wonderful state with a lot of wonderful people. So you really do need to leave work and associate with other people. The key, the key to survival at this time is kindred spirits. I say this all the time. And I will say this repeatedly, you can't navigate through life without kindred spirits in your life, people who share your values. It's the secret to my strength. I have so many kindred spirits in my life, my cup runneth over. And I'm really doubly blessed because both my, both my children, my two sons are kindred spirits. The number of parents I meet whose children are alienated from their values breaks my heart. Some of those children don't even speak to their parents because the parents have the audacity to believe America isn't racist or to believe that uh, you, it's, you could be a good person and vote Democrat or Republican, whereas the child believes you cannot be a good person and vote Republican. 
so I know how lucky I am and I have kindred spirits and you must find kindred spirits. And then you have to make a decision whether you will come out of the closet through Facebook or some other social medium. You will receive a lot of disdain, but believe it or not, even where you work, there are people who who agree with you. You just don't meet them because they're as afraid as you are of speaking out. But they exist. So that's what uh, you have to do. You have to leave work and find people. That's your number one task right now for... uh, And by the way, if you went back to New York, it would be the same thing. I mean, you might have family there who, who share your values, which is wonderful. But uh, between New York and Utah, <laughs> I think you have a better chance of kindred spirits in Utah. Anyway, I thank you for uh, writing me. Okay. A- Andre, if that's Andre, it's probably Andre, 49, Highland Park, Illinois. Hi, it's not a question, but rather a short note on, quote, there are no indispensable people, quote, you mentioned during the 200th fireside chat. Oh, yeah, I was talking about uh, Marissa. Yeah. That's right. And there are indispensable people. That doesn't mean you can't survive a loss. You have to. But of course, there are indispensable people. I mean, it's, it's a given. Anyway, for every single person who lived in the Soviet Union, these words would immediately ring a bell. The answer would be Stalin. It's one of his famous phrases, which in Russian reads as I believe that means indispensable people don't exist. That's something that Stalin would say since he got rid of everybody around him. <laughs> he killed them all. Yes, that, I, I didn't know that Stalin said that. I hope I pronounced it right. I, I do know Russian, but I still hope I got it right. Okay. Uh, Regards, Andre, your grateful reader and listener, a father of two and an immigrant whose two great-grandfathers were shot in Soviet Union in 1937 to 1940. Yeah, people who know evil are not on the left. That I've said my whole life. Okay, Chris, 35, Los Angeles. A lot of people are feeling down about the state of our country, and specifically Los Angeles and New York. Feels like our freedoms are slipping away in the name of safety and caring for the weak. Can you give a message to people feeling this way? Well, I I did to uh, the nurse in, the, the critical care nurse in Utah, and I would say to you, find, you must find kindred spirits. They exist in the tens of millions. So you, you do need uh, to find them. And our freedoms are slipping away. So we have to fight that fact. People accept the idea that if you are not inoculated, you cannot enter a store. You understand what they're saying aside from anything else? So the non-vaccinated will potentially kill the vaccinated. So what the hell is the good of the vaccine? That's number one. Number two, since when do we say you do something risky, you should be isolated in society? Do we say that about motorcycle riders? Did we say that about gays during the, uh, during the AIDS uh, crisis? Uh, 
right? Overwhelmingly, AIDS in the United States was a matter of male to male and uh, intravenous drug users and their partners, overwhelmingly. That's why lesbians were the least likely group in America to get, have AIDS. This is not anti-gay. It's pro-truth. And were these people banned from anything? Were they ostracized? Or was the entire message, we must raise funds to find a cure for AIDS. We must help these people who are suffering, which I agreed with. We must help these people who are suffering. Even though they often engaged in very risky behavior. All of a sudden now, though, people who are not getting vaccinated are to be ostracized from all of society. All right. How's our time? We're about 30. We're about 30. I'll take one more. Sophia, 12 years old, Santa Barbara, California. Hello, Mr. Prager, Snoopy and Otto. Hear that, Snoop? He's here, but you can't see him. I love watching your fireside chats, and I can't wait till each new one comes. You made my day, Sophia. My question is, what do you think is the most important thing about America? Thank you so much for what you do. Liberty. That's the most important thing about America. And everyone who loves liberty on the face of the earth knows it. That is why in Hong Kong last year, when they had the ability to demonstrate against the Chinese communist dictatorship, taking over and suppressing their little place called Hong Kong, they marched with the American flag. Not the Canadian, not the French, not the Belgian, the American flag. I don't know how long people will march with an American flag when they want to march for, for liberty. The left will do to America what it's done to every other country, suppress its freedom, if it's allowed to. I'm trying not to allow it to. So should you. And that includes you, Sophia, even at 12. God bless you all. Thanks for watching. I'm Dennis Prager. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.